Welcome to the Red Cedar Rundown, the number one MSU football and basketball fan podcast. On this week's episode, it's Rivalry Week. Yippee. We discuss the embarrassing start to the Mel Tucker era. We also break down the rivalry matchup and whether MSU can keep it close. Send us your comments and questions, and we'll be sure to read them on the show. Clark? Should I just uh, fart into the microphone for everybody? Is that what we should do? I mean, after that game, I, I don't really know what to say. Gary, how do you feel after that game? Well, first of all, it wasn't a game. We lost the first scrimmage, so just want to get that out of the, the way. The season doesn't count. It doesn't matter. Already, it doesn't matter, said. but we did lose to Rutgers. <laughs> how do you feel, Gary? First Big Ten win since 2017. How do you feel? It couldn't get any more embarrassing than that performance. And, you know, finishing last season, you know, we finished actually, you know, semi-strong. But from last season to this season, I didn't think it could get any worse. Obviously, we had a 3-9 and nine season not too long ago. That was pretty bad. But I was expecting at least to see positive things out of this game. And, and I did take some positives away, positives away from this game. I'll get into those. But... From my standpoint as a fan, they looked relatively poorly coached, kind of undisciplined on both sides of the ball. Mm. Not an encouraging start for a new regime. Now, I'm not making excuses for them, but, you know, we are in the middle of a pandemic. You're bringing in a whole new team. You're not probably getting as many practice sessions as you normally would if this was a, a normal season, spring, pra- spring practice, you know, all the other uh, summer practices. But all in all, it was just it was just a bad look for the first game. Now I got to give a little bit of credit to Rutgers. I mean, they played a really good game, and they're uh, you know a revamped team. They had like eight di- transfers coming in, I believe, from yep. six from Big Ten schools. Yep. So you know that's that's gonna have an impact. But seven turnovers is just not acceptable not acceptable Mm. under any circumstance oh yeah definitely not acceptable um yeah turning the ball over seven times is just embarrassing quite frankly and i think we turned it over on downs two other times so that's just nine times just handing the ball over to Rutgers. normally i'd be angry if this was a basketball game i would have been furious you know losing to Rutgers. even though Rutgers basketball team is far superior to their football program (laughs) But I'm kind of just uh, comfortably numb to the whole situation at this point. I don't. Well, uh, I think we came in with our expectations already fairly low. Yeah. I mean, you predicted three wins, and now I almost feel like an idiot saying four wins. But at this point, I think we'll be lucky to get one. It's hard to find a win on the schedule. Maybe Maryland at this point. Maryland's pretty bad. Yeah. Maryland's very bad. They may be, you know, we might be fighting it out with them for the bottom of the big 10 yeah i mean you turn the ball over seven times though you're really not going to beat anybody right it's exactly. very tough to beat anybody that's when what you I'm turn s- the ball over that many times that's what i'm saying even if we had four turnovers i think we could have still potentially won this game and you know not only were we turning it over we were turning it over on our side of the field a couple times yeah um i mean the first play the first offensive play of the game we had like a 40 yard pass to jalen reed fumble i mean that takes away a lot of the momentum and confidence of a team sure when a play like that happens. But Especially after Rutgers had 
already scored, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. But there is some reason for optimism. I mean, the team never stopped fighting, that's for sure. And they didn't seem to get down on themselves, maybe. Thank I don't God know. God for that heart that showed. The boys <sighs> came out and showed heart. Clark, that's you all, know I'm going to spin this about. with the most optimism as possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm it, a realist, but... Nah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find the silver lining. Overall, this this whole episode, I think, is just going to be a giant therapy session for us yeah. and the listeners to get over what we witnessed this weekend, a loss to Rutgers. I mean, ugh. The good news is it doesn't count, though. So everybody needs to keep that in mind, right? <laughs> like, the season, none of it matters. No fans. Eight-game schedule. <laughs> Who cares? I mean, end of the day, basketball's four weeks away. They're always Got a lot to look forward to. You know, let's see how the boys progress and, you know, see what they do. I'm not going to overreact to it. I don't – I I thought I would care more. I just don't. Yeah. Is that bad? Doesn't Kinda. make me – I don't think it makes me a bad fan. Well, I just am – the product that's on the field is garbage. It's not great. Were there some good things? Yes. The most disappointing thing that I saw was 50 yards rushing against Rutgers. Yeah, average oh, one point three yards per carry. I, I that's, mean, uh, we're gonna go. Atrocious. We're gonna go through. We're gonna go through the bad, the worst of the game, and then you know we'll try to maybe uplift us and uplift sure. up the uplift the listeners yeah. to maybe feel a little bit better about the rest of the season. But like you were saying, I think there's always gonna be an asterisk on the season. Oh, yeah. I mean, whoever Love wins this. it, yeah. they're, they're always gonna be like the pandemic season. Sure, exactly. It doesn't. It's not the same. Everybody knows that whether they want to admit it or not. Yeah. They all know it. It's not the same as any it's regular season. I'm not saying I don't care. I, I do care. I watch uh, all the games this year. I'm going to watch, it, I'm gonna watch at least the first half of every game. I can promise everybody <laughs> that. Yeah, and I I'll can. be quite honest here. I didn't watch the second half of the Michigan wow. State Rockers game because I already knew the outcome. It was already in hand. We knew it was going to happen. And honestly, I'm a better man for it. You know, saved part of your Saturday, saved part of my Saturday Couple hours of your life that you would have never got back. Otherwise, yeah, you know, yeah, I was pretty uh, happy with that decision. I uh, knew the outcome of the game, but, you know, let's get into it. Let's talk okay. about the good and the okay, bad. OK, and, let's you know, start with move the, on let's, to better things. OK, let's start with the bad. Let's get it out of the way. Sure. Uh, we named it seven turnovers. Yeah. Minus to- four overall versus I think we created three turnovers. So still minus four Pretty in the bad. turnover column. I call it minus six because the turnover on downs. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't good, and it looked like a uh, looked like a first game for a lot of players out there. Sure did, and I mean just just sloppy execution, and I hopefully that's something they emphasize in practice this week, and you're not gonna even have a fighting chance to to stay within 21 points if you turn the ball over seven times against Michigan. No, or even four times for that matter. Probably in order to keep it any what any in the realm of possibility of keeping it competitive, one maximum. Yeah, maximum. You, I would say you have to win the turnover battle. Yeah, probably not going to happen. But hey, yep, maybe you don't know. But I, don't know. I think the most glaring issue that from this game was the offensive line once Horrible. again. Zero push up front. Expected depth there too. Yeah, we exp- you know I think I said it before. There's like like ten starter or ten uh, ten guys that have played before that have experience, starting experience, yeah. but I mean they the protection was awful for Rocky Lombardi zero run game one point three yards per carry atrocious really really bad like I could see that against Michigan maybe but yeah. not against Rutgers no N- that 
Again, really, I gotta really give, bad. I gotta give Rutgers a little bit of credit. But yeah, sure. Give not Shiano, too much. Shiano that scumbag. Yeah. Don't give him too Dirty much credit. Dirty rat. I think the most surprising development was, um, you know, in the backfield. Yeah. We all expected Elijah Collins to come in, and he was going to be the guy, and he didn't even freaking start the game. Nine carries for three yards. That's awful. Um, what? What? I didn't even know that was physically possible. Not good. And I didn't. I wasn't really impressed with Hayward either. I mean, he. Oh, I don't want to see Hayward anymore. I mean, Simmons definitely looked like the burst. best. But we'll, hold on, I don't want to get. In, I don't want to get into. The, I don't want to get into the good. I'm going to put him on the good side. It's something that's it's positive. Three yards per carry. Good. It's better than less than zero point three. But. Mel Tucker did give credit to Rutgers. He said uh, in this week's press conference, when I watched the film, it was not as bad as I thought it was coming out of the game. We've got to run the ball better. We've got to be able to run the ball on our terms because having balance on offense and not being one-dimensional is critically important, and I agree. But Rocky has to have, regardless of what the pass protection looks like, Rocky has to have better pocket awareness. Oh, I mean, and he needs to be on the same page as his receivers. Yeah. There I mean, was a, there was a couple of plays that the, they well, were the first interception that he threw yeah. was just directly to the defense. Well, and the, I know that was a miscommunication between him and Naylor, I believe. Yeah, I don't know who was in the wrong in that one, but neither do I, and I don't. Quite frankly, I don't care. Yeah. You know, both of them are experienced players in this program. I expect them to be on the same page. Yeah. That was disappointing uh, from Lombardi. He, yeah, his stats look nice because we couldn't run the ball. Um, you know. Completed 70% of his passes. Easy. Let's get it. Let's, we'll we'll Take get it into easy, the good. We'll but he the still good. doesn't look good back there. I don't no. know what else to say. I'm not impressed with the way he throws the ball. I'm not impressed with the way, you know, like you said, his pocket presence. I'm just generally, like I said on the uh, preseason podcast, I'm just not impressed with Rocky Lombardi, and I haven't been since he started here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't uh, 30% completion rate, but it was it was it's much, not his fault. We yeah. lost the game. I'll put it to you that way. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely the he turnovers. Part. Yeah, I mean, he was contributed to three of the turnovers, two interceptions, one fumble, and almost had, I think, another fumble uh, that he had yep. someone else recovered or he recovered. So it could have been worse, which is scary to think about. But, I mean, yeah, the team just looked undisciplined. They d- looked like they weren't comfortable especially on the offensive side of the ball now the defense did give up 38 points but again we got to talk about the they field the position field yeah constantly constantly and for how much they were on the field i feel like they did pretty well especially against the run um it still looks like they have the blo- the building blocks in place to be a, a good run stopping defense again yeah i mean I'm not going to put too much into one game. First game of Mel Tucker's career at Michigan State. It sucks. First scrimmage, I should say, but it sucks. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I mean, I was hearing people saying fire Mel Tucker on Twitter. Just stupid. Billy G. Yeah, well, we'll talk about Billy G later. Probably get him on a podcast and, uh, you know, put him in his place. But for now, I mean, I wouldn't really put too much stock into anything that Billy says uh, regarding Michigan State football. Yep. But... Yeah, fire Mel Tucker is just, just lunacy. Just stop talking. The this man is needs scr- at least two or three years before you can even judge him. So, right, it's not even his recruits. No, the fact of the matter is that Mark D'Antonio left this program in shambles, an absolute dumpster fire, and the cupboard was bare. So Mel only has what he has to work with, and that's all he can do. So I'm not going to judge him at all for these eight scrimmages. So we'll see what they do next year. 
This is just a building block, you know. Hopefully you get better every game. You probably won't, but maybe you do. And then we go from there. But, you know, not standing behind the guy is just stupid. Yeah. No, I'm no reason to jump ship on no. Mel Tucker. No. After one Turn your game. your brain on, Billy. It, it is a embarrassing loss being Rutgers, but, you know, like Clark said, looking for the improvement from game to game, hopefully. But let's talk about the, the reasons for optimism and some good things we saw, or at least I saw. And I, think I saw we, some good things. We kind of started to talk about with the defense. I thought, again, I thought they did a pretty good job of containing the run for most of the, for most of the day. Um, Rutgers had amazing field position all day long. And um, like we said, Rutgers has a lot of uh, first-year transfers coming from Big Ten schools, especially I think one or two guys that were on the defensive line that were causing – I think one of the guys is from Michigan that was on the defensive line. Yep. Um, and they were clearly the superior players um, compared to the rest of the Rutgers team. So I think those guys made a big difference of a quick uh, – you know transition from being Rutgers to being a little bit better than they were before so but on the offensive side of the ball I kind of mentioned it Simmons Jordan Simmons he looked pretty good he had some nice runs uh, sh- uh, yeah I know you mentioned three yards per carry it's nothing to well, write home about sure. but he looked like he, he, when he, he did hit he hits the hole yeah he, yeah. he looked yeah. like the most explosive running back out of all three well Connor Hayward looks like he has cement in his cleats yeah I don't want to see him out there anymore but I just need to face the facts. He's going to be out there. I, he's going to be. All right. I, I don't like it. Doesn't matter. But hey, I, if it was up to me, just based on just the eye test and the eye test alone, I'm going Jordan Simmons as RB one. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Just the watching guys, the game. Give the young guy some playing time. See where he goes. I, I mean, Michigan State did outgain Rutgers by almost 100 yards in the game, which is not surprising when you have seven tur- seven turnovers. They only ha- they held Rutgers to 106 yards rushing, 279 total yards, which is you should win the game. Yeah, that's that's yeah. A, those are stats you win a game. That's what I'm saying. The defense, it's not the defense's fault. Yeah, I mean they let up 38 points again, but uh, you know the positions they were put in were not ideal. This could be an unpopular uh, take that I have, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Other than his two costly fumbles. Jaden Reed's a baller. No, he's gonna be. He's, he's gonna be real good. He's gonna. He's a baller. He's arguably our best player. He's definitely our best player. Yeah. Him and Antoine Simmons. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Who also had a very good game. I thought. Absolutely, he was the leader of the defense as we expected. I thought Noah Harvey looked pretty solid in the linebacker spot yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, Rocky Lombardi. I mean, he did compete complete seventy two percent of his passes, seven point four yards per pass. Obviously, playing from behind, that's going to dictate a heavy passing script sure. and but still completing 72 percent versus what he had done outside of that one purdue game was i think 30 percent passing so yeah that's that's a positive he's you know getting the ball to people and i do will say this another positive about rocky lombardi is he really he threw those screen passes pretty well better than brian lewerke i remember throwing screen passes last year this is how far we've fallen we're judging quarterbacks on their ability giving to throw him, screen passes giving him props for throwing a simple screen Brian, you know, I mean, uh, Connor Cook couldn't even throw a screen pass, and he's the GOAT, so it <laughs> doesn't really matter. <laughs> so True, true. But, yeah, Jaden Reed, baller, love it. Um, Gary's boy, Matt Dotson, caught five passes. I guess that's a positive. Uh, Trenton Gillison, ghost. Um, don't like that, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think Gary probably wants to talk about his boy, Matt Coughlin, 
That's oh, positive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big pause. Big pause. <laughs> I mean, were you not impressed? Of 40 yarders, were you not I, impressed? You know, I, I'm not going to put too much stock into it. Do you see that flow he's rocking? I really don't care to comment <laughs> on it. Um, but, you know, that's it's a new good. swag. He it's has good. new swag out there. We're probably going to need him to hit some 40 yarders this week if oh, we're yeah. going to put some points on the board. Oh, so, yeah. Because I can pretty much guarantee Michigan's going to blitz the shit. They don't even uh, need to blitz, uh, though. I would. I would. I would rush four. Make us pass the ball. Well, their front four is going to run right through That's us. Exactly. Their front four is going to exactly. destroy our offensive line. Or will they? We'll see. <laughs> Big predictions coming up late in the, Big later in the show. Big predictions on the show. Is Clark going to outrageously predict a W? Stay listening to find Probab- out. Probably not, but we'll see. <laughs> uh so let's just get thrown a quick mailbag actually from our good friend Billy G down in Detroit because this is uh, kind of asking where, um, you know, it's crucial for us to meet, see improvement. He says, a lot of mistakes last weekend, coaching and players. What area do you think is most crucial for MSU to see improvement for the week two and why? Well, obviously the easy thing to say is to hold on to the damn football. Yeah. Um, I think that's a pretty easy thing to say. So ball protection. Um, the offensive line. I mean, fact of the matter is if they're going to win any football games or scrimmages, I should say. The offensive line has to get pushed. You have to be able to run the football. I mean, we don't have the athletes or the quarterback to have an air raid offense, so you have to be able to run the ball. I don't know the exact stat. I'm pretty sure, though, 45 out of the last 50 winners of the Michigan-Michigan State game has won the ground game. Doesn't bode well for MSU. No. Does not bode well. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's simple. I think it's all it's on the offensive line and the defensive line for that matter for us to be able to get push um and, and get pressure and uh, Joe Milton really looked really comfortable uh against Minnesota. He didn't good. He's yeah, got a cannon. He didn't look like he, he looked very calm and collective. Composed, and, a guy yeah. that's been in the program for years, which we wanted our quarterback to look that way and well, them's the breaks. Don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> So, I, I, yeah, I, I want to see something with the run game. And that's, again, that's the whole key to this game. And for us to have any chance of controlling the clock and not making this an ugly game is going to be completely based on whether we can run the ball at all. Don't count More on it. More than 50 yards. Don't count on it. But I'm pretty I, – I don't know the stat. I think we've only ran, run for a combined 70 yards the last two years against Michigan. So, yeah, not great. That's not, not a good stat. Trending in the right direction. So that's where we see the improvements that need to be made. I think they're pretty clear for I everyone. I think it's pretty straightforward. But let's get into this Michigan game. Sure. Everyone is um, not very excited about it as a Michigan State fan. It's a lot more fun when you think you have a fighting chance. Scum is pumped. They are just they're they're ready. My Michigan friends are, are real ready. They're so stoked. This yes. is their year. Yeah. I mean, they have Jesus playing at, at QB. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Joe Milton. And like Probably I said. the best quarterback I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, he he did look good. Well, of not, course. Not unbelievable, but he looked. He didn't need to, though. Exactly. That's the thing. They didn't need to do anything special. And I don't want to point out the fact that Minnesota was missing six or seven guys and couldn't punt the football. You do know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't have a punter. Not going to make excuses, but... Field position is very important. Field position is generally pretty important, you know, in the game of football and can help decide games, but Michigan got a win against a ranked opponent on the road, so I will give them credit for that. 
Will I taint their win a little bit with that? Absolutely. Whether they want to admit it or not, that made a huge difference in that game. They look good. I, I don't think they're world beaters by any means, um, but they're certainly a better football team than we are. I can tell you that. Yeah. I mean, their running backs looked pretty solid. Hassan Haskins had two touchdown, 82 yards. Charbonneau had seven yards. Their running game looked very good. I mean, they averaged 8.3 yards is per it, carry. Is it Charbonnet? Charbonnet. Okay. Who cares? Yeah. Actually, it's Charbonneau. Don't really give a shit. So, okay. Yeah. And Ronnie Bell, I think he torched us last year. He looked pretty solid. I think he was their top receiver in that game against Minnesota and that's as well. just it, though. They didn't have to do anything special with it, Joe Milton. They didn't have to air it out. So we haven't even seen what Joe Milton is capable of, Gary. We don't even know yet. Yeah. But I do think he's a good quarterback. Um, he looks composed. I think he looks better than Shea Patterson did for yeah, Michigan. Yeah, he, he so, looks yeah. like, like I said, he looked calm. He looked like yeah. he wasn't going to make a big mistake he was just trying to be a game manager, and that's what Michigan needs, and really. he was very efficient in yep. that. And then on the defensive side of the ball for Michigan, um, they were able to do, you know, they, they had some big plays. They had that one, you know, fumble. fumble oh, my six. God. Yeah, that was a, quarterback got smoked. Yeah, that was big-time play. And and that's what, the th- that's what the difference was, is Michigan made the big plays when they needed to. Um, five sacks, eight tackles for a loss, four pass breakups, one interception, one forced fumble. I mean, that's how you win a game on defense. 100%. They did. I mean, there is some – I mean, if there's any room for optimism <laughs> for us to be able to run the ball, Minnesota's running back did uh, run the ball for 140 yards on 26 carries and two touchdowns. Granted, he's probably better than every running back way on better. our roster. And their offensive line is probably way better than ours. Definitely. But I'm just saying, if there's any <laughs> there's any room for optimism Mr. that Positivity, week, just try Gary. to spin it. Well, I got Clark as the negative. Gary's I'm not the even positive. being negative. I'm just pointing up facts. <laughs> just got People have eyes. You. They can got see for themselves. You. Yeah, no big deal. Uh, their leading tackler in the game was Josh Ross. He looked pretty good. <laughs> Linebacker. Um but again, I, I just think the difference in the in the game is going to be Michigan's defensive line against oh. MSU's offensive line. It's going to be bad. They pro- like I said, I don't even think they need to blitz. They should just sit back and force Rocky Lombardi to pass the ball because they know they can probably stop us on the run. That's for sure. I mean, I'd blitz him. Yeah, I Panic, mean, he'll make panic decisions. I mean, Rocky, the way he was, he like I said, the pocket awareness, the way he looked against Rutgers. I mean, I. I I could see two fumbles, at least, from Rocky Lombardi Minimum. in this game. Minimum. Definitely an interception. You can go ahead and take that to the bank. Yeah. There will be an interception. Possibly for six. It's possible. It's quite possible. If, if they're not on the same page again with the miscommunications between the, the wide receivers and Rocky, it's going to be a ugly, long day. I mean, Kish's boy, Quiddy Pay, he's a beast. Yeah. Can't, even, can't even argue it. He's an animal. Got to look out for that one. <laughs> well, all in all, I mean, I don't... We don't even really need to break this one down. It's going to be a tough no, game. No, it's going to be very tough. Not. Uh, but if we do want to get some inside analysis on the team, mm. we could bring in the resident scum advisor. Resident scum advisor, one of the funders of this podcast, Mister Mister Kish. Ah, let's get him on the line. Clark, Gary, how you guys doing? Kish. Hanging in there. Doing all right. Glad to see the podcast is still rolling. I was a little concerned about this week. Didn't know if you guys were going to take a hiatus or not. Yeah, I said I wouldn't be back. I've said it before. 
Might not be back next week. We'll see. I don't know. Mike, I'm numb to the whole situation, to be quite honest. Basketball starts in four weeks. Looking forward to that. There you go. Yeah, I got that going for me. <laughs> Kish, are you riding on cloud nine right now? I mean, this might be your guys' best opportunity to win a Big Ten championship in a fake season. Mm. Mm. I mean, as a Michigan fan, you couldn't be more elated out of how, out of how last weekend went. I mean, it started off with the early games, just entertainment from noon to eight. <laughs> it was fantastic. I'm sure and, it was. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I am on cloud nine. I, I think Michigan played a really good game. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, Minnesota was missing some guys, and they didn't look great, but I still think they're probably projected to come in second in the West as long as COVID doesn't play a factor. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy about how things went. Yeah, I mean, I I would be too if I were a Michigan fan. So I, I think we have to ask the question that everyone is wondering from the Michigan State side, is Joe Milton going to win the Heisman? Oh, wow, real hot topic. Nice. I, I'm glad this podcast is focused on the important things. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think if Josh Gaddis calls games like he did uh, on Saturday, I, I think Joe Milton could be in the running. Uh, and I'm serious about that. If, if you actually look at the game plan and, and the plays that were called, Joe Milton like rarely threw any difficult passes. Uh, they were they were just like it was like storytelling. They were setting things up, all these screen passes, uh, and then it just set up that that pass that was dropped by the tight end. But it was like a clear touchdown. I, I think <laughs> if anything, Josh Gaddis should be getting more praise than, than Joe Milton right now because he, he called wow. a great game. Yeah, Quite the narrative. I, I did mention Kish that I thought he managed the game exactly how he should and i think that's what michigan needs is a game manager and someone that doesn't make big mistakes he didn't have to do much he, they didn't need much from him running for 250 yards eight yards of carry so i thought he looked good yeah yeah so on the defensive side of the ball who do you who is the leader of the michigan defense yeah that's a good question and i think actually this is like it encompasses the whole Michigan team. Uh, like in the past, there was like Rashawn Gary and uh, Chase Winovich, Devin Bush, all these like prom- Nico Collins, like all these prominent names that were expected to like lead the team. And and on both on either side of the ball, there's really no main captain. Uh, you know, like Aiden Hutchinson and Quiddy Pay uh, are obviously like two high profile athletes. But uh, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson's in, in year two of starting. This is Quiddy Pay's first year starting. Uh, so it's like it's really tough for, for them to say, hey, I'm, I'm the captain, I'm the leader of this team. Uh, and I think that's actually one of the benefits uh, of this Michigan team is that they're all kind of in this together, it seems like, because there's no superstars. Yeah, I can see how that can be a benefit, especially when there's egos involved and, you know, players are thinking more about themselves rather than the team. So I can understand why that might be a positive for, for the team this year. And, you know, based on the first game, it looked like they were, you know, pretty they made a lot of big plays and and like i had mentioned you know they they had five sacks eight tackles for a loss you know intercept interception fumble fumble return for a touchdown i mean it seemed like everyone contributed yeah i I think on like the overall big picture scheme of things it it was you you couldn't have asked for a better game from michigan uh but i think if like you're a football coach analyzing the game and breaking it down uh you know there's like still things michigan needs to correct which i also think is a good thing like michigan didn't play a perfect game so they shouldn't come into this week thinking that uh that they're going to play perfect 
Uh, you know, like they obviously missed three field goals. Uh, but Michigan, they're, they're they don't need to play senior. perfect this week, Kish. We all know that. Well, of course, but Michigan's <laughs> linebacker core of course. Uh, is like has the most experience on that defense, and they they were out of out of position on, on many plays, and they, they looked out of place. So uh, I think the linebackers, uh, even though there's a ton of talent, Cam McGrone and Josh Ross have NFL capabilities, uh, but I think they need to play a lot better if, if the defense is gonna is gonna be a really good group. So it seems like things are uh, falling in Michigan's way, Kish. Uh, I don't know if you – I'm sure you heard the news about Graham Mertz, uh, Wisconsin's quarterback, COVID-19. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel feel terrible for the kid. I, I really hope, truly, even as a super competitive, psycho Michigan fan, I truly hope that he has a false positive and, and he's fine. I was going to say because he won't be in Michigan. that game. Definitely won't be playing well, in that game. Actually, I, I saw – I thought it was 21 days, at, right? So I looked into this. Uh, okay. If he tests neg- he only has to sit out 14 days before returning to practice if he tests negative. Uh, and actually, he tested positive on Saturday, so it would be 21 days would be the Michigan Wisconsin wow. game. Wow. So technically, he could come back with a full week of practice if wow. he tests negative. We can only hope. <clears throat> yeah, I, I do too. Good, good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I'm going to give you the. I'm going to give you. Uh, one season prediction for your team, and then we'll we'll get to the big game prediction. So straight up, is Michigan going to win the Big Ten? Is this their year to get over the hump? Do they beat Ohio State, mighty Indiana, and Wisconsin? No, no, they don't. I mean, unless COVID just ravages the Big Ten. Uh, no, I don't think they win the Big Ten. Uh, but, and this will kind of circle into the prediction, um, I, I think we can all agree probably Ohio State, Bama, and Clemson will probably be undefeated. Good chance will be undefeated. They'll be top three teams that make the playoffs. Yeah, fairly accurate. Uh, but, that, yeah. but then there's that last spot, which will probably go to a team with one loss. And if you think about it, uh, like let's say like a Florida team finishes the season 11-1 and one, and Michigan somehow has a miraculous season and they go 7-1, and one, you're probably going to take that 11-1 and one team just based on the amount of games they played and, and their schedule alone, they probably have a stronger strength of uh, strength of schedule than a, than an eight win team. I would agree. So, yeah. So I think if Michigan or any team wants to uh, grab that fourth spot in the playoffs, I think they have to completely smash everyone on their schedule. And I think you already saw Ohio State do that against Nebraska because Ryan Day came out and apologized for calling passing plays at the end of the game as if he wasn't calling them himself. Uh, so. He shouldn't have apologized. This, he shouldn't have apologized, comes, though. I wouldn't. Right. Have, I wouldn't have apologized. Nebraska deserves it. So when, when I think <clears> it, for this week, uh, I don't think Harbaugh is going to do anything personal to Michigan State. It's not going to be personal. But oh, wow! I, I think wow. he's going to. Oh, blue he's going to score as much as possible. So what? Can what, you give us a prediction? Yeah, where's your score prediction, Gish? <clears throat> um, my prediction is fifty-two to sixteen. Uh, State will get one touchdown and three field goals. Oh, big Coughlin guy, huh? Bold take, boys. Bold take. (laughs) What do we got? (laughs) We got the big dog. What's up, big dog? Tish, what's up, brother? How you doing? Living the dream, man. Couldn't be better. Man, I was listening to that whole damn thing, and it was just a little too serious of talk going on. It's real (laughs) football breaking down here. I, I got a, I got a real football season to look forward to. I'm sorry. 
I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. Season runs through Piscataway, boys. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Big dog's feeling good. Well, first off, does Tucks have what it takes to turn the season around or turn this program around, even if they suck this season? Uh, I don't know, Gary. I mean, he was, it was pretty hype having him. He's been having like hype social media stuff, like all damn off Very hype. Some but, nice uh, graphics. I mean, yeah. hell, I mean, hell, ball security, job security, boys. But uh, <laughs> on the field Saturday, didn't, didn't see a whole lot of ball security, boys. <laughs> Wasn't Actually, pretty much saw no ball security. <laughs> <laughs> exact opposite of ball security. <laughs> As if the boys didn't practice it at all during the offseason. Correct. So do you think he can do it or not? Straight up. I don't know, Gary. I mean, I'm pretty damn disappointed after last week. Um, I'd like to think they can't be that bad, but they're not that good, obviously. So when Rocky Lombardi is like the best part, like really isn't even the problem, then you know you just have a huge damn problem. I would agree with um, that 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just I don't know anything that went good. I mean, they're, uh, you know, offensive line was weak. I, like, defensive line hasn't had a pass rush since Shalik Calhoun was a junior. Uh, I don't True care statement. about Kenny Willekes. They have not been able to rush True the quarterback. Um, they've been good stopping the run, but we didn't really see that too much. I, I don't know, man. It's just a lot of... Uh, it's tough to evaluate when you don't have a clean game, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 golfing 1 p.m. Saturday, Saturday, boys. I uh, smart man. Uh, you know, if, if I if I want to join the tour and continue to take money from Gary, then you know I'm gonna wow. Uh, you know, I got you know I got to go where my priorities lie right now. It's not watching MSU. Well, I, I can even promise though, you. Even though I'll probably watch it from the golf cart. I promise you, I won't be taking a sucker's bet next year round. <laughs> <laughs> You gave a valiant effort, Gary. You, you've always been a great trier. <laughs> um, so regarding Rocky, you said you, you weren't upset with his performance. Were you satisfied with his performance? No, of course not. I was calling for the next guy the whole the whole game, just talking to a couple people on text message. Um, no, Rocky Lombardi's trash. I mean, he's absolute garbage. Um, I, I mean, he can throw the ball hard, but he just shot puts it. Uh, well said. And isn't very accurate. I mean, he had one to two. I don't know how many picks he had. He definitely had one. I think two. Maybe definitely one that got called two, back to the And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, it just the other two guys just must suck too. That's the problem. That is the that is the one thing that has to be. If <laughs> the only explanation is yeah. that they all suck. So so how long should Rocky's leash be? Like, I mean, when would you consider putting in Theo Day or trying someone else? Um, I think if they get like three scores down on Saturday, you'll probably see someone new. I, I would think you would have to give somebody reps. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what Tuck's thinking is. I mean, this dude looked like he didn't know how to coach a football game last week, uh, judging by the product on the field. So, um, and some of the decision making, obviously. So, uh, I don't know, man. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see a glimpse of another guy and just at least see what we got so the public can know. And then if, if they truly are just shitty, then I guess I guess a ride or die with Rocky. I guess I got a question for both Kish and Big Dog. Uh, one of the positives that I thought, you know, besides from uh, the fact that he was a little fumble and couldn't hold on to the ball, I thought it was Jaden Reed. I think he's a baller. Uh, shout out WMU. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on Jaden Reed and can he be an impact player in this game and for the rest of the season? Go ahead, Kish. 
yeah, the, the dude's a stud. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure how like big he is, how tall he is. He, he doesn't look too big, but uh, I mean, he looks like he's got a ton of speed. He's obviously he's clearly like the best athlete that was on the field last week. Like, I'm not sure what happened to Elijah Collins or or Julian Barnett because those guys look like studs last year. Uh, but last last week, Jalen Reed was like clearly the best player on the field. Could be an NFL talent. I like that. Yeah, I mean, he definitely showed some flashes. I mean, he just got loose with the ball. You know, you just you don't know if that's a problem until it keeps happening. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that guy was uh, – it's tough when you don't watch – like, you don't see how the receiver's routes really develop, so you don't know – like, this guy just must get pretty damn good separation, and obviously he's got some playmaking abilities. So, um, yeah, it looked pretty beast, boys. Let's hope he scores a couple TDs this Saturday. Yeah, I guess we didn't really even touch base on that. Julian Barnett really no, we're not gonna get seeing in, the field. We're going to get special into teams. Kind of a sick joke. Don't understand it. Hey, qu- question question for you guys, real quick. Real question is: <laughs> Wow, big dog. Why, why is every Why is every cornerback on Michigan State's roster like five foot two, and they just look like a little high school kid? Hell, it might big, be a far, former Farmington Rockets on the field. Miss, miss a couple, couple out Rockets here. out there, huh? Well, oh yeah, I know we that. Know. I know Tucker, or I mean, I know we had one pretty length, uh, lengthy corner that did commit and then he decommitted. But I think, don't we have some other corners that Julian have some Barnett, size? Julian Barnett. Well, yeah, he's like six foot two, I'm saying coming in, on the team. coming in yeah. for uh, Tucker's recruiting class. Yeah, I think uh, Mel Tucker's requirement is you have to be six foot tall or higher. Pretty sure everybody that's committed is that height. So, I don't know. Length doesn't always equal talent, though, boys. Let's just leave it at that. Well, let's get to the real thing we called for the big dog is his score prediction one of the most intriguing score predictions we're gonna hear from big dog all season uh all right fellas you know you heard i kish's, you heard kish's, you heard kish's prediction yeah, what, what'd you say what'd you say kish 52 16 yep yeah that that sounds pretty close i mean i think i think michigan state might score a few times um in the first uh in the first half and then they might be down at half and then uh, I really think the game's going to get out of hand by the fourth, and I'll go uh, 72-7 Spartans. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, big dog. Always great. Expert analysis. No, I don't know, dude. We're going to lose. Definitely going to lose. But uh, but uh, Are we going to cover? Are we going to cover 24 and a half? Do we cover 24 and a half? I don't know, boys. I'm not the best better in the game these days. You're ripping 60 percent. I say we do. I say we do. I say we do. I don't know. Fuck it. I say we do. We do, boys. (laughs) Hell, probably gonna win. Probably gonna win, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Nice little pep talk from the dog. Well, Kish, big dog. We appreciate you guys both calling into the podcast, and I'm sure only one of us out of the four is excited for the game on Saturday. It's probably true. It's been a pleasure, fellas. Big dog, red dragon for life. Peace, guys. Yep. Nice. You already know. Thanks, fellas. See ya. See you guys. All right. Well, let's move it along here to our score predictions. Ah. The most important score predictions of the show. So I think we're both uh, in agreement that we're probably losing this game. The question is, what is the margin of defeat? And since Clark went first last week, Gary's going to give his shot first. Sounds so good. You heard my optimism in finding some... Some silver linings in last game of of why maybe we can make an improvement from last week to this week. And 
I think we will make an improvement, but I just think that Michigan is clearly based on the eye test of, of one game of each team. They're the better team by a long shot. Yes. But do I? This is a rivalry game. This is a this is Mel Tucker's first rivalry game, and if you don't think he want, is motivated, and the players are potentially motivated after last week to show that you know they're better than what we saw on the field against Rutgers last week, um, then I, you know I, I don't know if we don't see a great effort from this team, then then I'll be very very concerned moving forward. But this is a type of game that you have to get up up for. You have to give it your all, and you have to leave it all on the field. And I think that Michigan State's going to do that. I and that's why I think they're potentially going to cover this game. Mm. Um, I still think it's going to be it's still going to be, but I think I'm going to be looking at a 38 to 17 final. Respectable. Sad that that's respectable, but it's respectable. You know. Nothing to be upset about if it's thirty-eight seventeen. I mean, hell, some the line's might twenty-four, be right? So line's twenty-four. Gary's rolling with it. Gary's betting on the game. He already told me that chance, big money. Um, <clears throat> my prediction. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's they got better athletes, better football players, better quarterback play, better front four. Better in pretty much every position on the field, right? I have said on this podcast before that I would never pick Michigan to pick, beat Michigan State. Yeah, I know. And I don't think I will. Under any circumstance. This right? is the first time I think we've ever p- p- uh, picked Michigan to beat Michigan State. Or at it least is, I have. Right. Like, it's, I, I'm, you know, I'm a man of my word. So I have to say it's going to be tough for me to do this, but we have to go 31 27 Spartans. Wow. Clark. Got to just give a round of applause. I'm a man of my word. Man of your word. You said that. For the people. I'm picking the Spartans. I won't feel bad if I'm wrong. All right. So everybody understand that. If you want to try and throw shade at me for it, I don't care. It's not going to be a big deal. If they win. But if they win, I want all the credit. (laughs) All of it. All of it. So, you know, return to glory. There it is. What what would be the reaction if we won the game? How 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 long would we celebrate? Would we do maybe an episode every week next Gary, week? I mean, oh, 100%. We would definitely <laughs> do five apps next week. I probably wouldn't stop selling for God knows how long. God knows how long. The season would officially count at that point and matter. <laughs> it would be an official win. Chances are it's probably not going to happen. Nope, right? zero chance. Odds are not in our favor. Um, I'm going against the grain here. Rolling with the boys. There it is. Why not? All right. Well, let's. Now that we're we're through that nonsense, let's get into the mailbag. It was pretty much nonsense, wasn't it? Yes. First question from another one from Billy G in Detroit. He said, "Is Halloween weekend the latest end of the year? A Michigan football player has been in the Heisman race since Desmond Howard." It's an excellent question. A scum fan did reply to him. Oh said Woodson won it before Desmond so no and he did say Jabril finished fifth in 2016 and Chris Berry finished third in 2003 wow but in recent Billy's history not one, not one for facts no okay so no. but in recent history I think he's referring more to the September Heisman race which you know we have a whole list we of all characters. know what he was referring to a Michigan fan has to get technical in their response yep 
take it easy first and foremost. <laughs> all right, Billy's harmless. He's not always right. But definitely, I would agree with them. Yeah, definitely the latest in the year we've seen this well, hype. Do do the scrimmage season? It's the latest in the year. The invisible enemy has caused Joe Milton to be in. I guess if he's in the Heisman race with the stats that he's put up so far, I don't know what world that I live in. But <laughs> and I guess if you think he can contend for the Heisman Trophy playing an eight scrimmage schedule, I don't know what world I live in. So <laughs> yeah, I would agree with Billy. <laughs> Uh, yep. it, which scum fan was that responding? Was it? A, I, I think it's a rando. Oh, wow, some random rat <laughs> commenting. Yep. Get out of here. Yep. We don't interact with block you. Block them. Yeah, blocked. <laughs> All right. Your next question is coming from our resident Aussie fan, Pino, down under. Love to see it. He says, with the expectation that we're going to get absolutely obliterated this game, what would you consider a win against U of M this week? Wow, that's a good question. Um, and yeah, I mean, I made my prediction, but chances are we're going to get obliterated. Um, I think my uh, a reason, what was I consider a win? Uh, hundred yards rushing, winning the game uh, is the only win I would consider. But I guess if we're looking forward to positives, yeah, I think that's what he's looking for. Okay, well, you know, he's been in Australia a while. He might have got confused with how he wanted to word that. But <laughs> anyways, back to the subject at hand here. I would consider a win. Yeah, 100 yards rushing, Gary. Yeah, I would agree. that would be huge. Two or less turnovers. Maybe one turnover. I would consider a massive victory. One turnover or less. That's asking a We're lot. We're setting the bar low. Setting, yeah, don't turn the ball over. <laughs> hold know, on to the ball. Hold on to the football. Um, yeah, 100 yards total rushing as a team. Not one player. I'm not going not gonna to ask for that, okay? Um, I would say a win would see Julian Barnett being on the field, uh, our best athletes playing in the game. And, uh, yeah, a Spartan W, but that's not going to happen. So, Even though you predicted it. Covering. Covering would be a positive. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that, too. So those are the positives that you can look for and hope for in this game. And maybe come away from this game feeling a little bit better than last week. Hell, maybe four or five sacks. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, a couple sacks. A couple that's sacks. what I was going to say, too. A couple sacks for the boys. That'd yeah. be good. And maybe containing Michigan's run uh, attack as well. Yeah. So we, we listed a couple that we'd like to see. Just a few will do. Let's get to our next uh, question from Adam D. And Callie says, as for this week slash the rest of the year, I appear to be the only person on the plan doesn't think last week was as bad as most people made it seem. Gary's here. Mostly, mostly, unluckly, mostly unlucky. Am I crazy for thinking this team improves this week and the rest of the season and finishes with at least two wins? I don't think that's that crazy. I mean, two wins is not out of the realm of I just don't know where you're going to find those two wins. Like we said, Maryland. Like, Got to beat Maryland. I mean, but they're not I mean, good. Are, but who else are we, we going to beat? It's the Mud Iowa, Bowl. Northwestern. I mean, those are good. the, those are the I teams. Mean, they're, not, they're not standouts. I mean, like. No, but. We turn the ball over seven times. Yeah. Right? If you turn it all over one or two, you could beat a team like that. Well, we should have beat Rutgers if we just turned it over sure, but we one, didn't. two we lost more the times. It is what it is. But <laughs> can we win two games? Sure. I would agree. I think we can. <laughs> Could we lose all of them? Yes, we could. Just as easily. Does it matter? No, it doesn't. <laughs> I agree. But yeah, I, I think that any improvement from last week will be a positive sign of where this team is going. And all I want to see is some improvement from the start of the season to the end of the season that will give me confidence going into our real season next year. For Mel Tucker's real first season. Um, this is the scrimmage season, as we've already said. So the next question is coming from Joe V. He's actually responding to Adam. He says, is Adam crazy right now? He's even more op- optimistic than Gary. 
Gare, to be exact. Ooh. No, I don't think he's crazy. No, he's, I don't think he's crazy at all. I mean, turning the ball over seven times, I would agree. Um, now, is it unlucky or is it poor play? I'd probably lean more sort towards poor, poor play. Poor play and poor coaching. Yeah, but uh, is that are those things that you can 100% improve on and put yourself in contention to win games now and in the future? Yes, 100%. So I don't think he's too crazy. Yeah. And his second question is, any chance we see more of Barnett and Collins next week? I think that's the question on everyone's mind and that's I this is don't understand we, the julian barnett scenario at all he played special teams and mel's trying to carve out a role for him uh what gary do you have any more insight into that i mean carve out a role i don't know what that means the best athlete on the team uh, get him on the field put him at quarterback i don't give a damn he needs to play yeah special teams come on man he looked like a stud last year, and it's quite—I don't even know—it's confusing to to see both him and Collins not getting more playing time, and they must be seeing something uh, in practice that we we didn't see last year because it's really hard to fathom both of those players being left out um, of big time positions within uh, the offense and the defense, respectively. So it'll be interesting to see if, if we get an uptick going into this game, yeah. um, especially when you need athletes and, and good players to to match up with Michigan. So I'll be interested to see how that turns out. Uh, and we had one more question from Adam D. and Kelly, and this is in response to Clark from last week who asked what song he would suggest running out to in lieu of replacing Thunderstruck. And he said they should run out to one song and one song only. Mm-hmm. You may so- may say it's a song that's provocative mm. that gets the people going, but really, pretty much anything other than Thunderstruck, struck, which apparently has stuck around. So I think he's. We all know the song he's talking about, which Easy Boys. Easy I won't boys. name it on the on the show, but we're gonna cue it up now. It's one by uh, Jay Z and Kenneth West. <laughs> <laughs> Don't vote for him though. So that's going to do it for our show this week. Leave politics out of the podcast, Gary. <laughs> I mean, come on. We yeah. all can agree. Don't vote for Kanye. Yeah, don't vote for Kanye. <laughs> but thanks for listening to this show. We appreciate you listening. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Stitcher. I could go on and on. Anywhere you can so find many, a podcast, so many. you can find the Red Cedar Rundown. Tell your friends, tell your family, and as always, go green. Go white. <laughs>